to the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers. Welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. Hey friends, happy Monday and welcome back to another episode of the Embodied Podcast. Really appreciate the feedback on the last couple episodes that I put out on the podcast, the episode that Rick and I did on embodiment. I've had a lot of people reach out and really give some respect for that one. So thank you guys for the feedback. I always love to hear feedback. And then the last episode on when nothing comes up, when the creative well runs dry, I've had a few messages about that as well. And so if you guys um, haven't done so, going into iTunes and dropping a five-star rating or a written review really helps get the show into more ears or more souls across the world. If, if an episode that you hear really resonates, um, send me a message on Instagram or join my free community and send me a message. Also, share it with somebody who you feel would really benefit from, from hearing these words. As always, this podcast is just some circular musings on what I'm interested in, where my mind's at right now. There's really no rhyme or reason to the episodes. It's really just following psyche and and where my personal psyche is at at the moment. And so in today's episode, I just got back from a short little beach vacation. I went to the East Coast and met my family for a few days. And it was great because I haven't seen my family in probably over a year. And so it was really great to reconnect with some of my family because I've missed them so much. But it was really interesting because if you guys have listened to the show for a long time, I know that I've talked a little bit about this background in a quote-unquote previous lifetime a few years ago in the strength and conditioning realm. And in that period of time in my life, you know, I was riddled with eating disordered patterns, body dysmorphia, really not in a great place physically or mentally. And so it's really interesting because I've I've been in a bathing suit since working through some of those complexes and some of those patterns, but I really haven't been to the beach in a bathing suit um, since I had this massive experience on plant medicine that really was a wake-up call to the way that I was treating my body and so really changing the way I was eating and exercising and and really really getting in right relationship to embodiment and so when I came back from the beach I was inspired and on the plane ride home I was just really reflecting on the trip and I wrote a post to put on Instagram and it was a letter to a previous version of myself and I know some of you who listen to the podcast aren't on Instagram and so I'll put a link so that you guys can maybe um, check it out if you want to check it out in written form 
But I wanted to read that on the podcast today because I feel like there's so many people out there who aren't necessarily diagnosed with an eating disorder, but really struggle with indwelling in their body, feeling a sense of embodiment, and um, bridging on the episode that Rick and I did about embodiment, and then having this experiential moment of really shifting the felt sense of the way I felt in my body, just really want to share that with you guys. And so um, what I wrote was the girl in the second photo, which on Instagram, there's these two photos, and, and one of me is on the beach just last week, and then the other one is from, I think, 2016, so six years ago. And it's a picture in the mirror at the gym. And I am so skinny, almost zero body fat on my body. And so that's really who this whole piece of writing was dedicated to. And also to all of you out there who, who have struggled and are struggling with any form of body dysmorphia and indwelling and feeling safe in your body. So this girl in the second photo would have been terrified if she knew that she would look like this um, present moment me in six years. She was scared to inhabit a body that was not compulsively controlled, monitored, restricted, and chronically punished. The spontaneity that comes with consciously feeling in your body would have evoked so much terror it would have been too much to handle. But slowly, over the years, she learned it is safe to slow down, to let go of the reins of control, and to allow herself to be nourished and rested. Instead of living in her head, unconsciously trying to tyrannize her body to the point of utter breakdown, she needed to know indwelling is possible in a body that feels so overwhelming, scary, or intense. And just because she looked healthy or great on the outside does not mean that what was pulling the levers on the inside was conscious, connected, or safe. The struggle of a lifetime was, and still is, is to turn that inner unconscious violence inside of me into conscious suffering. I've found this is the only way true indwelling or embodiment of the individual essence into the body can actually happen. So it's pretty short and sweet, but that last piece is taken from Donald Cowshed's book, Trauma in the Soul, turning unconscious violence into conscious suffering. I think that that's, that's really about what working through any traumatic material is like because what happens whether it's outer violence that gets internalized or an outer experience that provokes this chaotic inner violence the point of processing that is to turn that into conscious suffering teaching the system that it is safe to be in a state of suffering that it's okay to feel sometimes contractive and it's okay to not always feel expansive and light and free and joy. Those moments of conscious suffering aren't necessarily possible when we have these traumatic experiences and they're intolerable and we're given too much 
too soon and we can't handle it and so we can't consciously suffer through that and so typically what happens is it becomes unconscious suffering and unconscious suffering often turns to some type of chaotic violence inside and that violent nature is part of the psyche's self-organizing dynamic that is trying to get your attention to make that unconscious material conscious and to create a relationship with that unconscious suffering and make it conscious. I think conscious suffering um, takes a lot of work because you have to build a capacity in the system for negative emotion, for experiences. Um, You have to create space in the body for what was once intolerable affect and emotion and create space for that dissociated material to um, have conscious uh, recognition and movement through the system. And so we really can't even touch into conscious suffering until we make space for all of that material that had been split off. And then there's this period of suffering that comes. It's it, feels like grieving, um, all of the defensive strategies that have taken place, um, whether it's outer behaviors or inner belief systems or thought processes. And we have to grieve those because that's part of the transition into a widening and deepening of a new consciousness that's inclusive of that unconscious material. And so Yeah, I think that the conscious suffering piece is probably the biggest part of how how indwelling of the essence goes from being split off, dissociated, and unconscious into consciousness. Doing a lot of research in my program for school right now, and that self-organizing factor of the psyche, according to Jung, is the capital S self. And oftentimes, so many of us operate in our life um, either identified with that self-organizing principle, and that would be called inflation, or we live disconnected from it. And we're, since Jung said that the self, the capital S self, is the archetype of meaning, we're disconnected from the deeper meaning of all of the different factors of the psyche. So if the self is the organizing factor of the psyche and we're split off from that our our tiny little fragmented center of consciousness the ego is trying to get through life without meaning and and that can happen but that comes at a cost of having a pretty fragmented and chopped up inner inner experience and we're disconnected from the self-organizing factor of that even though it is happening um even if it's happening in chaotic ways and violent ways like i said that's happening to get your attention but if we're disconnected from that that can be so overwhelming and that's this this girl in the second photo on on my instagram post that that is exactly where i was i was disconnected from an self-organizing principle and so I became the self-organizing principle. I became the one controlling, monitoring, restricting, punishing, 
And I wouldn't fully say that that was me. I would say that the ego was identified with a tyrannical complex of the unconscious. <laughs> um, if I were to actually actually psychodynamically break that down, I wouldn't say it was all me. But I was possessed by unconscious instinctual factors. And I think that this happens a lot in, in a lot of patterns like this. And it becomes really terrifying when it's the time to make that conscious. Oftentimes, it takes a falling apart. Again, I think Hillman said this at one point, but my professor, it was quoting him. He said, you know, you fall apart for the sake of the parts. And so if you're falling apart, it's about creating a dialogue and a relationship between those parts and the greater self-organizing structure of the psyche, the capital S self. It's the, the... god image it's the religious mystical center of being itself when we're falling apart that is our call is to create a relationship with it's to let go of egoic control and to create a relationship with that which is unknown and greater than your little tiny subjective sense of self and allow Allowing other people into that process too was a hard part for me. Asking for help because that would imply a certain level of perceived weakness from my ego at the time, meaning that I wasn't controlling, monitoring, restricting enough, um, that I couldn't hold it all together. And of course I couldn't. And so for me, asking for help and getting help in reconnecting with this deeper unconscious substratum of being was the best decision that I ever made and that version of me that is restricted and starving and almost emaciated in this picture I wish that she knew back then how much she deserved the help that she got and how much she deserves to be again rested and nourished and taken care of and loved and for a lot of us I think that's the hardest part is feeling as if we're worthy of that and we're deserving of that and if no one has told you today um, you certainly are that just because you're a little lost or feeling a little broken doesn't mean that that's a final sentence that's not a period that's a um, incredible introduction to a beautiful story that could unfold and so sharing this little piece of my addictive restrictive patterns hopefully might shed a little ripple for any of you out there struggling with something similar even if it's not an eating disorder it could be addiction to anything and so just knowing that there's a possibility of reconnecting to knowing that there's different possibilities out there so with that being said i hope you guys have a great week and we will talk on thursday maybe (laughs) Bye, guys.